right in the middle of the third week of a four-part series uh, we called Reply All. And we called it that because we are answering the, sort of the biggest questions that you have. We birthed this series out of our Easter survey every year. And uh, sort of the things, that, the topics and the questions that you say, man, I'd love to hear more about or I'm struggling with or this is a topic that I'd love to hear a message about or a series about. Matter of fact, in just two weeks, uh, in October, I'm kicking off uh, an entire series on our mind and stress and anxiety and worry and how, how, to, how to walk through all of that stuff because it was something that you asked. I want to know more about this, this particular topic. And today, uh, that topic, it, it always shows up at the top of the list. Uh, every Easter survey, this year was no different, and that was the topic of forgiveness. Forgiveness. How do I forgive those who have hurt me? How do I, how do I release my offender? How do I forgive the person who's hurt me the most? How do I walk in forgiveness every day? And here's here's what you're really asking. The, the, the word that you use is forgiveness right there, but what you really want to know is how do I get past my past, you know? Like how do I get past the thing that that I feel like weighs me down every day? Like I'll have a good day or two or a good week or two and then something will happen and I'll remember the hurt of my past. I'll remember what he did. I'll remember what they said. I'll remember kind of what happened to me. And it could be decades old. It doesn't, it doesn't mean it happened last week. As a matter of fact, a lot of what we, we struggle with and we carry is maybe from childhood or young adulthood and, and now your life seems to have moved on Accept this area. Accept this thing you cannot get past. And, and, you, and the question really is, how do I overcome the things that I've been through? Because people are my problem. <laughs> is anybody, can I get a good amen on that? Don't, don't point at anybody or elbow your spouse, but people are our problem. I have found more times than not, and, and I know that it sounds like, men, you're in church, I ought to talk about the devil and, and how Satan's uh, attacking you, and, and I think there's spiritual, you know that I believe that, it's more spiritual than you give it credit for, but more times than not, he's using that, that force of evil in your world is coming through people. It's not just an attack by some spirit being, it's, it's an attack by some spirit being that's possessed my devil of a boss. Amen, everybody. Or maybe your devil of an ex-spouse. Or maybe your devil of a child. Whatever it is, like there's this thing that I just can't get past. People have hurt me. And, and, and some people, I think, I don't know if you've ever felt this way. I think some people have the spiritual gift of ruining my life. You know what I'm trying to say about that? Like, like they went to step two of the growth track, took a personality and spiritual gift test, and it came out, your spiritual gift is ruining Mitch's life. Like just... When you come by, think just there's just a cloud over you. Did anybody but me have that feeling? Like there are some people in your world who just have the ability to wreck your whole day. Like I'm having a good day, I'm full of joy, everything's going well, and then that phone rings and you go, oh my God, I don't even want to pick it up because I know this is just going to be a problem. Like this, this hurts. People are difficult. You're difficult. If you don't know any difficult people in your world, you're the difficult person in somebody else's world. People are hard. There's people you don't like. Let me just be honest with you. You got to love everybody, but you ain't got to like them. And there are people that you just don't like, and they don't like you. I think one of the things that really helped me the most in my leadership early on was realizing not everybody's going to like me. 
And that's hard for a people pleaser. That's hard for somebody who finds value in what other people think. And, and so you got, we have this, this relational problem that people are our problem. But listen close. People are also the answer to your problem. So James 5 and 16 says it like this. That if you'll confess your faults, your sins one to another. And pray for each other that God would heal you. So people are my problem and people are the answer to my problem. Well, now i got a problem. Because I, 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 I'm struggling with hurt and I'm struggling with what you said and I'm struggling with offense and I'm struggling with what happened to me in my past, what this person did to me or said to me or how, how they hurt me. And now, now I need to go to God's people to get healing from that and I'm, and I'm worried. I don't know how to... I don't know how to walk in these relationships. And you carry unforgiveness. And, 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 and it's so important. Jesus included it in the Lord's Prayer. The disciples came to Him and said, Teach us how to pray. He didn't mean, when, when He gave us the Lord's Prayer, He didn't mean for you to recite that word for word. It's okay if you do. But it was really an outline for you need to make sure you're praying this way. As a matter of fact, Jesus says, When you pray, pray this Way And one of those daily Lord's prayers is Forgive my sins, my debts, and Help me to forgive those who've sinned against me. Like even Jesus gives you this daily prayer That you're going to have to daily walk in forgiveness. i got to learn how to forgive and let go And let go of past offense And let go of people who've hurt me And let go of experiences that that hurt me and let, let go of maybe childhood things that held me back. Let go of offense in my life. Those who've sinned against me. The, new, the, the King James Version says, Help, forgive my debts as I forgive those who, who are in debt to me. In other words, there are things in your life that you, you owe me an apology. You owe me and I'm sorry. You owe me, uh, uh, I, I'm sorry I did that to you. I took those years from you. I robbed you of that joy. I, you, you owe me of that. And Jesus said, every day when you pray, you're going to have to learn how to walk in forgiveness. How to forgive those who've sinned against me. Those who've hurt me. Those who, the, the, those who I carry their hurt. And so when you ask, Hey, I want to hear a message about, I'm telling you, it's, it's one of the top five every single year. It was again this year. And I began to pray and ask God, how, how, do I, how do we walk through this again? And really, I think the question is, how do you get past your past? Because it's not just that one thing, that, that, but more than likely, it's, it's multiple things. More than likely, it's multiple hurts. Usually, one stab wound isn't the thing that kills you. It's, it's death by a thousand paper cuts. Anybody know what I'm saying? It's over and over and over I've been hurt and I don't know what to do. And Jesus said it this way. Let me just give you some good news. Matthew 24 and 10, He said, And then many will be offended. <laughs> That's the good news. Like you came to church today for His positive life-giving message. Here it is. Many people are going to be offended and people are going to betray each other and some people are going to hate each other. Bow your heads for prayer. Come on. That's, I mean, that, like that, that, what a life verse. You know what I'm saying? Like just walking through life going, well, people are going to hate people and going to betray people and be offended. Jesus wasn't giving you sort of this joyless example. Jesus was just saying, hey, don't be shocked when this happens to you. 
Don't be shocked that you've got things from your past. Everybody has something that hurts. Everybody's got a past. Everybody. You're sitting next to somebody who struggles with where they come from, what was said over them, words that were spoken over you when you were little, or words that were spoken over you in your marriage early on, or rejection from people that you wanted to be in their group. Rejection from the cool kids. Come on, carrying that lunch tray. Anybody know that feeling when you walk into a school for the first time and you carry that lunch tray out there and everybody else has got somebody to sit with and you got nobody, anybody but me. Come on, you know that feeling. Now I've got little kids and so I watched the other day as my seven-year-old little girl walked into another group of girls and girls are mean. You hear me? All the men better say amen to that. Girls are mean. That's exa- They are. It's just tough. And these seven-year-old little mean girls, I watched one of them group up, and my little girl was kind of out, and I watched her face. I watched the insecurity of uh, where do I fit? Where's my next crew at? So I did what any godly man of God would do. I walked right up in the middle of it and punched two girls in the throat. I'm kidding, I didn't do that. I didn't do that, but I wanted to. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because I knew the insecurity of that feeling of rejection, of where's my tribe, where's my people, and maybe you come from, maybe you come from a broken home and parents that failed you. And, 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 and you think to yourself now as an adult, how could a parent do that? But they did it to you, and you got hurt. Maybe you were bullied by a sibling. I don't mean just normal stuff. I, 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 mean, I mean, maybe you feel like you're the outcast in the family and everybody's rejecting you and there's just no way that you fit in anymore. Maybe it was authority figures, a teacher, a preacher, a pastor, somebody in your life, a principal that took advantage of you or took advantage of their leadership in your life and hurt you. And now there's pain and now, now there's unforgiveness. Or maybe it's just unmet expectations. Maybe you're still married to your unmet expectation. And there was this trust that I thought we had. This thing I thought we were going to do together. And now here we are. And there's unforgiveness harboring. Am, am I where you live? Can I get a good amen? There's unforgiveness harboring in your heart. What do I do? What do I do with this hurt that I've carried from my past? And the problem with unforgiveness is, listen close, the problem with unforgiveness is it's a a bomb strapped to your chest that you think is going to kill them. It's a bomb strapped to your chest. I know that's a graphic description, but it's, it's that suicide bomber that walks in thinking, I'll take this whole place down. The problem is you go down with it. And unforgiveness, when you light when that ignition, when you pull that cord, when you think, I, I'm making the call, I'm burning this whole thing down, I'm finally telling them, I'm getting my deserve, I'm, 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 I'm excising vengeance on them, I'm, I'm, I'm going to finally tell them how bad they hurt me. And you pull that rip cord and you don't realize it blew up your whole life. Trying to blow them up, trying to hurt them. And, and, it, and, and, then, and if you're not careful, listen, you, you constantly have this... Bad fruit, you're just blowing your life up over and over and there's this bad fruit that keeps coming out in your life. Things keep going. And you'll start saying things like this. Well, this job is not good. This office is, I can't work in this environment. This relationship just isn't good for me. 
This relationship isn't meeting my needs. This church isn't good for me. This church doesn't do what I like. This church isn't helping me grow. And you'll, you'll start blaming the this in your life because of that that happened to you. You'll take out on this what they did. You'll take out in this season what happened in your previous season. You, you, you'll blame this relationship for that boyfriend that hurt you so bad in college. You'll blame this marriage for the other marriage that failed and struggled and hurt. You'll blame this church for the authority figure that took advantage of you at your last environment. You'll, you, you'll blame this season, this church, this office, this job, this career. If I could just change this and you'll just keep moving from this one to this one to this one to this one. And there's a pattern in your life where unforgiveness keeps coming up to the surface. And every time it unsurfaces, every time it rises to the top, you blame the current situation for what really come out of the depth of unforgiveness. Are you still there? And it's unforgiveness and it hurts. Unforgiveness is the fruit uh, un- unforgiveness is that thing that comes out of the, listen close, out of control anger. That's the fruit. So, so there's some married couples today that are struggling with, well, this anger outburst, and I don't know where that comes from, and you think it's this, and really it's that. Are you following me? You, you, you think it's what's currently going on. No, no, no. It's probably attached to what, what happened to me that I never walked away from, never got healing from, never got deliverance from, never got healed in my heart, ne- never forgave completely. And now I've carried that into this. That's why I, I, I tell couples who are getting married and sitting in front of me, there is no such thing as marriage problems. There's only people problems and two single people brought this, their problems into this marriage. You understand? There's no such thing. That marriage is benign. It doesn't have a problem. People have problems and they bring them into their marriage and they bring them into their new job and they bring them into their new church and you'll blame this season for what happened in that season. Poisonous words, poisonous actions, poisonous thoughts. Those are the fruit that come out. They come to the top of the surface and you'll start thinking, well, that's what's really going on when that's not really what's going on. Captivity to a past hurt, to a past offense, to a past person, to a past memory. You'll you'll hold on to it and you'll think it has to do with where you currently are, what's currently going on. But I got to tell you, it's, it's connected to something in your past. There's a, the, the, there's a connectivity. And in this season you have inability to have good relationships. And honoring relationships. And godly relationships. And peaceful friendships. And you think it's because of where you currently are. And it's probably because of what you dealt with. It's probably because of a past offense that you haven't... You haven't healed from. You haven't gotten. You haven't gotten rid of. I, I, one of the things I've learned quickly as a pastor is what I currently see is not all there is. And, and and let me help you in your relationships and interpersonal skills. What you see is not really what's going on. It's the tip of the iceberg, and the remainder of the problem, the the real depth and breadth of the problem, is below the surface. It's a it's a hurt. It's an offense. It comes out as lack of commitment. 
It comes out as always changing directions, but it's probably traced back to something that I've held on to from my past and haven't fully healed from. Can I get a good amen? And you struggle in this season. And I got to tell you, when, when I ask the Lord, how can, I, how can I preach forgiveness again? I preach this to you so many times. I feel like God would tell me to tell you that what you currently are experiencing The fruit that you currently see has a root. It has a root system. That nothing just just grows out of the soil. Nothing just grows by itself. You'll never see apples just on the ground, just laying there. There's always something it's connected to. There's a, a branch and that branch has a tree trunk and those tree trunks have roots that go down and that there's always a root to that fruit that comes out in your life. So if unforgiveness is coming out and anger is coming out and bitterness is coming out and, and the inability to have good friendships is coming out and lack of commitment is coming out, I'm asking you to trace that root down in your life. And say, okay, God, where is all of this stuff coming from? What am I holding on to in my past? That unforgiveness, that thing I'm not letting go of. Hebrews 12 tells you exactly what it is. Watch this. Look after each other. That's what I'm doing today. That's why small groups are important, by the way. Because inside of a small group is where you look after each other. It's where you get in a circle with a, with a couple of other guys or some women in a circle or, or, or other couples and you look after one of you and you say, hey, is everything okay? So that none of you fail to receive the grace of God. Man, what a way to live your life beneath the privilege of the grace of God in your life. But I see so many Christians doing it. They hold on to offense and they hold on to hurt and they hold on to unforgiveness and they live beneath the grace of God in your life. That's why you need God's people to watch after you. Watch after each other so that, you, so that you don't fail to receive the grace of God. And watch out. Here it is. Underline this in your Bible. That no poisonous root of bitterness. There it is. That's, that's what's connected. Uh, beneath, beneath that anger outburst, there's bitterness way down deep. Beneath that lack of commitment that comes out here on the tree, it looks like it's just a commitment problem. No, no, no. It's a bitterness problem. Something happened down here that I never got healed from. It, it, looks, it looks like it's just poisonous words, and I don't understand why he talks like that to me, and I don't understand why this comes out so many times. I don't understand why that happens. If you, if you were to trace it all the way down that tree, you'd get all the way down to a root, and there's bitterness there. And the Bible says, I love how Hebrew says in the New Living Translation, it says it's poisonous. I didn't put this in your notes, but listen, if it's poisonous at its root, it will be poisonous at its fruit. It will be poisonous when it comes out of you if it's poisonous down deep inside of you. There's, there, there, there is a bitter poison, and it, it, if you're not careful, listen, it grows up. Oh, God, I wish I had time to preach this. Bitterness does not just stay down. Oh, yeah, I'm a little bitter. There is no such thing as a little bitter. Bitterness has a life of its own, and left unchecked and unhealed and undelivered, it grows up. It becomes more than you thought it would, and it grows up to trouble you. 
to trouble your current situation. Now this current marriage is troubled because of a, a bitter root that I've not dealt with in my past and I haven't been healed from. I haven't allowed the Holy Spirit to change me and heal me and deliver me. And now it's poisoned and it's poisoned all the way up through that marriage and this relationship and that marriage. And now three or four or five relationships later, I'm still dealing with poisoned fruit because I never got healed from that bitterness in my life. There's this root. I, I, I got I to connect this for you before I give you the practical steps to getting past your past. I got I, I, I to connect it all to you because I got to get you to see it's not just what you can see on the surface. It's not just a little bit of bitterness. It's a root that has the potential to grow up. And if it grows up, it gives trouble to you. Trouble to you. And it corrupts everything around you. Bitterness is a root that has a way of not only corrupting you, not only causing you trouble, but every relationship around you is now poisoned by bitterness. Everything around you, every relationship you have, every conversation you're in, every job you go to, at some point you got to start looking in the mirror and going, maybe it's not the jobs, maybe it's me. Maybe it's not all of these churches I've been to over the last five years, maybe it's me. Maybe it's not, every man isn't that way. Maybe it's me. Maybe every woman doesn't talk like that. Maybe I'm bringing unforgiveness and bitterness into this relationship. At some point you got to go, hey, this is causing me trouble. And it corrupts everything else around me. Bitterness travels on the wind. Are you still there? Bitterness travels and it infects others around you. It infects relationships and, and, and promotions. And, and, and if you don't deal with it, listen, it, it, here, here's the way I like to say it. This, is my, this isn't in the Bible. This is just my translation. If you don't heal from what hurt you, then you'll bleed on people who didn't cut you. If you don't heal from what hurt you, the, the real thing that opened up that wound in your life, if you don't heal from that thing, you'll bleed all over people who never were, they didn't cut you. They weren't there when that first offense happened. They weren't even in your life when, you get, when your father walked away. They weren't even around you when, when, when your mother rejected you. They weren't even there when that uncle took advantage of you. They weren't even there when that ex-wife said that about you and tore away your masculinity. They weren't even there, but you're bleeding all over them because you didn't heal from what hurt if you don't heal from what hurts you you'll bleed on people who didn't cut you hurt people hurt people hurt people hurt people you'll end up hurting them and they didn't cut you you, you, you ever tried to help a wounded dog or a wounded animal and they'll bite you, and you're there to help. And there's some people in your, in your life that you've bitten inadvertently. You don't even realize the fruit that was coming out in your life. And it's because there's this bitterness that's deep down that you haven't dealt with. Are you still awake? Say amen. So i got to get you to, i, I got to get you, or, or, or you'll bleed over team members at work. 
You'll be the one at work that nobody can sit by, nobody can talk to, nobody can reason with, nobody can just, everybody's scared to come to you. Do you know that person? You know what I'm talking about? Well, I can't tell them. I, I can't bring it up because they'll flip out and they'll do this and they'll turn upside down and throw paper everywhere and yell and cuss and fight. I can't say that. And, and your spouse is walking around you on eggshells because they they they're scared to bring up this one thing. Because there's this bitterness deep down inside of you. And it's poisoned everything in you. You, you, you'll, you'll bleed all over church members. I, 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 this is so true. I try to teach my staff. You just never know what people are dealing with. And what they come, and, and it comes out one way. But really it's connect, that, that, that dishonoring word that came out of their mouth is attached way down deep to bitterness. Way down deep. And they're bleeding on you. And you didn't cut them. It'll come out in your children. As a father, I think one of the things that I realize the most is the power I have to, to change the culture, the tone, the feeling of my home. Just, just one word that I say to my children can turn everything around. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You have the ability to tear them down and you don't even realize you're doing it. But there's a bitterness that you've held on your parents and what happened to you. And it comes out as a parent in your children and you're bleeding all over them. And they, didn't, they weren't even there when you got hurt. And there's this unforgiveness and this bitterness that's, that's a root. And I tell you oftentimes, you can be saved and not delivered. You, you, you can be on your way to heaven and living in hell. I, I've met a ton of people who think, who think salvation is, is, the, is, the, is the moment that everything in your life gets straightened out. It's not. Salvation is the moment your spirit reconnects to the God who created it, gave it to you. That, that, that's what gets redeemed, regenerated, and sanctified, your spirit. But your body and your soul are still left behind you got to catch them up. That's where unforgiveness, it lives. It lives in that soul and, and you got to catch it up. Salvation is instant. Grace is free. But deliverance is a process. It's a work of grace. It's you getting up every day and deciding, I am, I've got, I'm going to get past this. I'm going to deal with this root issue. I'm going to let the Holy Ghost heal what's wrong inside of me. I hear people all the time say, Pastor, time heals. Listen to me. Look into my eyes. Time doesn't heal anything. Jesus heals. Time doesn't have the supernatural ability to heal what your daddy did to you when you were five years old, walked out on you when you were 12 years old, what that uncle took advantage of you in your seventh grade. That Time doesn't heal all of that. Only exposing it to Jesus. Jesus is our healer. Jesus took stripes that we might be healed. I got to get it to Him. The enemy would love nothing more. If he can't keep you from getting saved, at least he'll keep you stuck. If he just can get you stuck, I, I lost the battle in salvation. Jesus paid the price on the cross. When you accept that, receive that, you, repent of your sins, then grace comes into your life. You're forgiven. Now the enemy's lost that battle. So the next best thing is to keep you stuck in your past. To keep you in the same hurt that you were when you first came to Jesus. To keep you in the same bitterness that you've always had and never moving on. And you'll spend the rest of your life looking in your rearview mirror. And you may be on your way to heaven, but all you can think about is the hell of your childhood. The hell of your first marriage. 
the struggle of your life, plagued by the problems of your yesterdays, struggling with getting beyond and unforgiveness. And I come today to tell you in the last 10 minutes or so of this message, I, I, I got to tell you, God has more for you. If there's a message of this church, I want you to hear it. it. God is not through with you yet. God's got more promises for you. I tell people all the time, I got, I got to get this in you. Don't stop here. This isn't the end of the road. God's got a next step for you. He's got more promises for you. He's got more potential for you. God's got redemption in your future. God's got fulfillment in your future. God, God's got real satisfaction. God's got the right relationship. God has a place where you have joy in your life, where, where your relationships flourish and where your job and you flourish. But only after you settle your yesterdays can you move on to redemption and fulfillment. And i got to get you unstuck today. I think that's what you're asking when you say, oh, I want to hear a message about forgiveness. So let me give you three practical ways as we end our time together today to get that bitterness out of your heart. To just let that bitter root say, okay God, I'm going to dig around these roots today. I'm not just going to prune off a little bit of fruit at the top. I'm going to dig around what's really going on in my life. I, I want to eradicate that root because it's growing up. And bitterness and poison's coming out in my life. Write these down in your notes. Number one, you got to let God reveal it you got to let God reveal it. I think one of the things that always surprises me in church is everybody believes that the message is for somebody else. <laughs> like I've sat in sermons. Have you ever done this? Don't raise your hand because you may be doing it right now. I've sat in sermons where I think, oh, thank God they're here. Thank God she's here to hear this. This is for her. Oh, God, I'm so glad they didn't miss church today. And I'll walk away and God's trying to talk to me and I'm just I'm letting it bounce to everybody else. Do you know what I'm trying to say there? At some point, you got to just grab a hold of it and go, this is for me. Point to yourself and say, this is for me. This is for me. God, I need you to reveal what's really going on in my life. Sometimes people say, well, I know my heart. I know me. I don't have any bitterness. No, Pastor, I, I, I know my heart. I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a, you ever heard somebody say they're a good person? they got a good heart. You know what I'm saying? I'm not talking about when you're talking about ugly people. That's how, that's how single people refer to ugly people they don't want to date. Well, they got a good heart, you know. Which usually means they have an ugly face and just a good heart, you know. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm, it's, it's always funny to me, you know. It, it kind of it comes out at funerals, you know. You bury an old hundred-year-old curmudgeon who nobody liked and nobody could be around. And the preacher gets up and says, well, he had a good heart. I guess he did because nobody liked anything else about him, you know what I mean? Like no, nobody could stand anything else. Listen, there's no such thing as I got a good heart. The truth of the matter is you don't even know your heart. Jeremiah says this, The heart is deceitful above every other thing in this world and desperately wicked. That's what my heart is. Who can know it? Well, I know my heart, Pastor. You don't know. A deceitful heart can't diagnose a deceitful heart. You can't trust your heart to tell you that your heart is wrong. Are you with me? You need God to do that. That's the, the same prophet Jeremiah said, Search me and 
Know me and see if there be any wicked way in me. So God, search my heart. God, know every part of me. You need God to reveal that bitterness inside of you. You don't need time to do it. You, you don't even need your spouse or a counselor to do it. You need to go to God. God gave you this life. God knows every part of you, the secret parts of your life. You need to ask God, reveal that part of me that's, that I'm holding on to. Reveal that thing to me. Matter of fact, right now would be a good time. God, I'm asking you to reveal that thing in my heart. God, that I thought I was over, that I'm not over. That I thought I had walked past, that I haven't walked past. That I thought I'd been healed from, that I really have. I'm still carrying it around and and there's unforgiveness there. And it's poisoning everything in my life. Number two, you got you got to let God redeem it. I'm sorry, you got to let God reveal it. Number two, you got to let grace redeem it. You got to let grace redeem it. You got to let God reveal it. And you got to let grace redeem it. A response of bitterness is never the right response. You got to let grace reign in your life. You got to give grace a chance to work. You got to get my old pastor used to say about church, church is a chance. It's a chance. It's a chance for people to find hope. It's a chance for people to find life. It's a chance for people to find forgiveness. It's a chance for people to move on. And listen to me. If God's given you that chance, you got to give others the same chance. You're going to have to learn how to let grace redeem something in your life. If somebody's wronged you, you're going to have to take an axe to that root and cut it out of your own life. you got to give grace and say, God, if you showed it to me, I'm going to take the axe and I'm going to dig it up and I'm going to redeem it because you have been gracious to me. My response to others is how you responded to me. God, you didn't cut me down, throw me away. You, you, God, you found me when I was unlovable unforgivable, had sinned against God, was messed up, addicted. God, you you found me and you gave me grace and now I'm going to hold them accountable? No, no, no. you got to let grace redeem that thing in your life. People get very confused about where grace is. What's this? Write this down. Justice. I I want God to give justice to them. Well, God's going to pay them back. Justice is God giving us what we deserve. Let me ask you this. Did God give you justice? No. <laughs> if he gave you what you deserved and what I deserved, we'd be in hell today. But, but I want God to give, the, oh God, get them. You know what I'm saying? God, one of my favorite verses in Psalms, David is so mad at his enemies. He said, God, break their teeth. That's my favorite verse. I don't know why I love that. I just want God to make all of my enemies toothless in Jesus' name. Just break the tooth off. In my head, it's the front teeth. I just break them off. But God didn't give me justice. Mercy is God not giving me what we deserve. That's what God gave me. God gave me mercy. So why, why can I hold somebody else captive? i got to be merciful to them. i got to give them mercy because God gave me mercy. But ultimately you got to let grace redeem it. And grace is God giving you what we don't deserve. God, you've blessed me in spite of all my failures. God, you've taken care of me in spite of every time I've failed you. God, you've come, God, you've come through for me when I when I broke every promise I ever made to you. Are you with me, everybody? That's grace. That's God's grace to you, and that's the grace that God needs you to give. You gotta let God reveal it, and you gotta let grace redeem it. Number three, come play, Henry. You gotta let good replace it. 
You've got to let good replace what's wrong in your life. So, so God, show me that area. See if there's any wicked way in me. And then, and then, and then I'm going to give the same grace that, that God you gave me and redeem this back to me. Redeem this back. But listen, when you forgive, when you forgive, you set two people free, them and you. When you finally forgive, when you finally let go, when you finally dig up that root of bitterness that's been haunting you for the last 15 years, 20 years of your life, when you dig that out, you let God show it to you, you give grace to that person that doesn't deserve it. Then you've set them free. And you've set yourself free. And I think this is the best part of Christianity, by the way. Is that God would trade with you all of your... God, I'm going to dig up all of this... This root of bitterness, this poisonous root, and I'm going to give it to you, and you're going to replace it. The Bible says, beauty for ashes, and the oil of joy for mourning, and a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness and despair. What a God. What a God that gives me a chance to turn the corner after you find freedom. After you let grace redeem and you discover, God, you've got a purpose in all of this. God, you've got a plan for me. Then you can really do what God's called you to do with your whole life. Now you can focus on something bigger than your past. It's why, it's why I tell you all the time. It's why I preach to you all the time. I think the greatest gift you could give your future is focus on something bigger than your past. The greatest gift you can give your destiny is to let go of the bitterness of your past and to focus on God's purpose for your, for your future. you got to find something bigger than you are. you got to get on a, on a dream team. It's, it's why we talk about it so much here. It's not because we need you to do the work. Look into my eyes. I tell you this a few times, but let me remind you. Look at me. We're doing okay without you. I'm just being honest. I know that sounds... I don't mean to sound arrogant about it. I'm being, I'm being serious. Our dream team is a Amazing! This morning there were dozens of them here. I walked into them cleaning seats up that you're sitting in right now. They were cleaning this morning, 7 o'clock this morning. Vacuum, mopping bathrooms. I walked in and watched. I'm telling you, this team is amazing. Amazing. But look at me. Look at me. It's not about the work. It's that I get to focus my attention on creating a place for other people to find hope. They created the space for you to find forgiveness today. You, are, you, are you catching? I want you to connect in your mind that when you focus on something bigger than your problems, your problems tend to go away. It's amazing. You let good things replace it. You, you, you let connect groups. You get in a freedom group. You know there's over 60 people in a freedom group right now. Over 60 of you got in on a We said we were going to cut it off at 50 and so you signed up on the first day. We didn't have time to close the group before you got in. We had to order more stuff. We'll, and at, at some point we just had to say no. But we're training these freedom participants to be freedom leaders next spring. Because I want 160 of you in it next spring. I want you to be able to get past your past. Replace it with something good. Replace it with godliness. Here's what the Bible says. But I say to you, Jesus in Matthew 5 says, Love your enemies. That's replacing. Bless those who curse you. That's replacing. Do good to those who hate you. That's replacing. Pray for those who use you and persecute you. That's replacing. That you may be. 
Because I have a future for you. God, I wish you could see it like I see it everywhere. Every time I open the Bible, I see God's plan for your life. If you'll replace it with something more, God says, I've got a future for you. You can be the sons of your Father in heaven. You are most like your Father when you forgive. You are most like God when you release an offender. You are most like your Father when you say, i got to get this bitterness out of me. Jesus looked down into the cup in the garden of Gethsemane and, and He said three times, let this cup pass from me. Let this cup pass from me. Let this cup pass from me. And then, and then He said, but if it's your will, Father, not, not my will, but yours. At some point, you'll be able to say, this cup's what I, it's, this, it's what I have. It's the problems I, I walk through. But God, I'm not going to let the bitterness of betrayal and the bitterness of this Mickey Mouse trial and the horrors of a crucifixion, I'm not going to let that hold me back. Because God, you've got a plan. I'm the son of God. You've got a plan. I can be the son of my Father in heaven. And I'm most like you when I forgive them.